up? Welcome back to the Prove Me Wrong podcast. This is episode number four, De Quattro. There's a little bit of a break between three and four. Not gonna lie. I thought that I'd sit down and do this a little bit sooner than I did, but um, getting around to it. How many times have you heard me say that already, that I'm gonna get around to it, or that I need to get around to it? I don't have anybody pushing me, it's just, it's just me. So if I don't do it, no one's gonna yell at me. It's kind of a lie. Matt, a.k.a. Cheetah, he texts me all the time and talks shit when a podcast isn't up. I do get outside pressure from some of you listeners. I appreciate it. A lot's kind of happened over the last couple weeks. Uh, I've been talking to you guys about getting some guests possibly after episode 4, episode 5. has kind of always been the goal, but like I said, no one's holding it to me. So if I just said fuck off, then I said fuck off. But um, one of my favorite things to do... And it's something that I'd learned from uh, the Joe Rogan experience. Hey, it took me four episodes finally, and I'm finally bringing up the Joe Rogan experience. So be proud. Um, One of the things I learned from listening to Joe on that show is about float tanks. And uh, my very first sponsor of the Sports Click um, was these guys over at a place called Total Zen Float out in Florida. They were our first sponsor ever of the Sports Click. So that's kind of what got me into it is you, I heard Joe talking about it and all the benefits. So we went and talked into the guys there, just cold called and walked up, ended up telling them about our show, wanted to bring them on. And at the time, one of the things that we were able to sell with our radio show was digital billboards. So not only would you have um, your commercials played throughout the day, you'd also get a digital billboard or multiple digital billboards up and down what they call I-4 which would be like, I don't know, like the 15 freeway or the 5 freeway or something that goes through the major area out there. So we went in, talked to them, brought them on the show. They ended up becoming a sponsor of the show. Um, I ended up creating the digital billboard for them. And then one of the things that we also got out of the deal was getting to go float. Um, Shout out to Derek and Will out of Total Zen Float out there in, um, God, is it Altamont? Lakeland? A a city in Florida. It, It was near my house, okay? But I, I love floating, and I've pretty much floated ever since. I've, I've taken some big breaks in between, but um, when, I, when I was living out there at the time, everyone kept hitting me up about Temecula was finally getting a float center. Temecula was finally getting a float center. So when I got back into town, um, one of the first things I did was go check out the float center there um, at the Float X or the Float Experience. Um, kind of the same thing. is started going there, and I've never been to like yoga, but it sounds like there's like a lot of um, that you can like build friendships out of going to yoga classes with either people in the class or maybe your teacher or whatever they call a person. But the same thing is very similar um, for uh, floating. Like I said, it's just it's such a calming environment and you kind of get to know each other's stories when you go in and out. And one of the guys that I've gotten to meet there and one of two employees that works there is uh, Matt Soper. Um, and last time I was up there floating, I talked to him about coming on the podcast, and um, he was super excited about it. So look out for that. We are going to do that in um, July. We just got to pin down the date. The dude's so busy. He works six days a week and literally is the only employee outside of his fiance. It's just them two. They, they, they do everything there. If the doors are open, it's because one of them two are there. Um, so I'm super excited to bring him in here, kind of tell all you guys about floating. Usually when I go, I post about it on Instagram or Snapchat. 
And without fail, a couple people always hit me up and ask me different questions or if they think it might be right for them. So instead of just listening to my dumb ass talk about it, I'd like to bring in um, a guy that's experienced in it. Um, and not just in floating, but experience in business too. You know, I mean, in this day and age, um, it's really cool to see someone start a business from scratch and I've got to see it grow over the years. I, I think when they first started, they had one float tank, maybe two, and now they're up to four and two of the four is this crazy spaceship they have and I've never seen a float tank like it. So I'm really excited for him to kind of come in here. We can talk about floating, all the benefits of that, and also kind of get into um, why he got into it and also just kind of like the business behind it and the ups and downs. And I'm sure that'll play into too kind of how, I don't know if you guys saw the story today, but it was talking about Washington state. They, they've been going towards the $15 minimum wage and I think right now they're up to like 13 bucks. And a big study came out today and was just saying how it's already crippling employees and um, the businesses, what they're doing is just cutting down everybody's hours um, because they're getting so pay- paid so much. And I mean, the, I think the average employee up there is like losing 125 bucks an hour. So, I mean, it'd kind of be nice to bring him in here too and just kind of talk about um, the business side of business, you know. And another thing that had come out today, we talk about the guests coming out on um, – that'll be coming on the show next month is today. I got lucky. I got really lucky and I, I'm super fortunate um, that I was able to book a, a guy by the name of Justin Wren. Um, who was Justin Wren? You might ask Justin Wren was on the ultimate fighter. Uh, one of the first couple seasons um, fought in the UFC for a few years. Um, I believe he ended up getting cut. He then went through depression and drug addiction and had either attempted or was just contemplating suicide. Fast forward, he's now known as the Big Pygmy. And the Big Pygmy is just an amazing human. He he still currently fights. He now fights for Bellator. That if you don't know, Bellator is kind of like the little stepbrother to the UFC. They had a big fight this weekend, and they they do have some big fighters over there. And Justin Wren still currently fights in Bellator. But what he does when he's not fighting in Bellator, he goes to the Congo. And he helps the people of the Congo build water wells. It's just, it's heartbreaking. It's inspiring. It's humbling. The, The stories that he tells coming back from here. I talk shit on what happens in this country often, but listening to what has happened to these people in the Congo, what continues to happen to these people and just the lack of resources they have just puts everything into perspective because what they deal with on a daily basis compared to what we deal with on a daily basis, it's uh, puts me in my place. I can tell you that much. I mean, here I am with my bottle of water, and I think they said the average mom there, or average woman there, sorry, walks, I think, five miles a day round trip in the Congo. We complain about being in traffic, and these poor women are walking to get gather water if they can find it in hopes that they can find it to bring it back, and they're doing this every damn day. 
So what he's done is he started an organization called Fight for the B- Forgotten, which is also um, a, a book that he's written too. And they've teamed up with this company called Water For, and they go down to the Congo and they teach the pygmies how to make wells and how to get water themselves. Um, one of the things he talks about a lot is so many of these charities that go down to these certain parts. I, I can't name any off the top. I mean, let's just use Red Cross. And I, I'm not saying that they do anything wrong or inappropriate. I, I'm not sure. I'm just using them as an example. But so many times they'll go down there and they'll just give these people things. And it doesn't help benefit them in the long run. There's famine and they just go give them rice that that's not going to ultimately help the solution. What they should be doing or what would help much more than just giving it to them is like, Let's say if it's food, then you can teach them agriculture, teach them how to grow corn, teach them different growing techniques to be able to fend for themselves. And that's one of the things, that's the biggest thing they do with Fight for the Forgotten. They're not just out there just giving these people water. They're out there teaching them how to fend for themselves, how to make wells, and how to get water. And not only that, they're giving them the tools so then those people then can go on and teach other villages how to do it too. I mean, it, it really is just like a look back into like our chimp past where they're still in these tight-knit villages. I, I believe it's somewhere between like 75 to 100 people per city, if you will, but it's just these tight, tight, night, tight villages. And once they teach them, then they have the tools and then they, they provide them with the resources and they can go on and teach other villages as well. So they don't necessarily have to be there themselves all the time. But it's a self-sustaining, cyclical charity that just helps a, a ton of people. I can't remember the stat. Hold on. Let me see if I can pull up the stat real quick. It talks about how many... Um, oh, here it is. 289,000 children under the age of five. Say that again. 289,000 children under the age of five die each year to not having the proper sanitation and proper water resources. It's a quarter of a million children under the age of five are dying every year. And tremendous people like Justin Wren and his organization um, go down there and help these people. Full disclosure, it's a charity that after listening to him on Rogan, I believe the second time, I've started donating to myself. Um, It's not a ton of money, but I do donate on a monthly recurring basis. And there's ways um, for you to be able to do that too. But Wait till he comes on. He can tell the story much better than I can, but he's just such a a humbled and tremendous man. It's just, it's refreshing to hear. And the fact that he's still fighting in Bellator is amazing. So you can also watch him. That And and Bellator does a great job too. They have really helped promote this um, fight for the forgotten and water for a cause and they've tried to make him as big of a star as that they can, and they've really kind of backed him in the publicity machine. And hopefully, I mean, the ultimate goal is for him to be able to fight for a a title one day at Bellator. And he's using this whole thing, and the whole reason why he wants to be champion now is so that he will have a bigger platform to be able to talk about this cause. And it's 100% altruistic in him wanting to be a champion. So, like I said, I believe it's July 17th. Justin Wren will be coming on. I, I think it's going to be for about an hour or so. Um, I, I have to get some more details later on. 
But I'm really, really, really looking forward to talking to Justin Wren. Oh, and he also floats too. I've seen recently that he's also been getting into floating. So maybe we can uh, broach that subject as well. But you can check him out on Instagram already at The Big Pygmy. And then I'll be posting links also on the Facebook account at facebook.com backslash prove me wrong pod. A little bit more. There's a couple of videos out there that really just describes what he's doing, what they're doing, and it's just, it's going to be a great interview, so I'm looking forward to that. And to kind of keep on with the MMA topic, one of the things I have not discussed yet is the Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather fight. Yes! The UFC is the only thing I care about anymore. Yes, I used to be on sports talk radio. Yes, I had a show called The Sports Quick, but I can't fucking stand sports anymore. I can't. I boycotted ESPN years ago, swear to God. Sure, maybe there's a game on there, but I don't watch SportsCenter. I don't watch any of the bullshit shows anymore. I just got tired of it. I got burnt out. I don't I don't have a favorite team. Like, my favorite team, I tell people all the time, it's either, like, LeBron James or Conor McGregor. And even LeBron. I mean, I, I didn't watch, I don't know, maybe five playoff games, all finals. I just, I, I can't handle it anymore. What, what ESPN has become is just, like, bravo for straight dudes. That, that's all it is. You have these stupid shit shows like First Take where they just go back and forth and debate about nothing. And it's just, it's no different than watching that Andy, uh, what's Andy's name? Uh, the, the gay guy on Bravo, whatever it is. You, you know what I'm talking about. But it's just like where they go on like the after show to talk about whatever the show is uh, going on, whatever housewives bullshit. But that's like what ESPN's become to me. And that's what sports has become. It's just this... Uh, I, I, Don't get me started. So I say all that to say I don't have a favorite team anymore. The only thing that I geek out about that that stuff now is the UFC. And since the last time we did this, a story had broken that Conor McGregor is going to be taking his talents to the boxing ring and challenging Floyd Mayweather. Unless you live in a cave, you've already heard this. I don't really need to break it down for you any further than this. But I am so fucking excited to see this damn fight. I wake up every day and it's like Christmas. I go and check to see what Trump's tweeted and then I check to see what has happened in the Connor and Floyd uh, spectacle that it's going to be. We haven't even had a press conference yet and I mean, every time Connor just posts something, it's like, what the fuck's gonna go on? What the fuck's gonna go on? I'm ecstatic about it. Of course, gotten in debates about who I think is going to win. Some of them been heated. And here's the statement that I've used the most. It doesn't matter what it says on paper. Floyd Mayweather is 49 to no. It doesn't matter what it says on paper. And I say that only because on paper, Connor stands 0% chance. Zero. On paper, just... Hear me out. On paper, Connor is one of the most, the most prolific star the UFC has ever seen. Mystic Mac, the guy that just calls and what round he's going to beat guys up in. We've never seen that before. Not in the UFC, at least. Floyd Mayweather doesn't do it. You've never seen him say, I'm going to beat the shit out of of a dude in this round. No, it just goes to the end. That's it. All of his fights are decisions. Hasn't knocked a guy out in 10 years. But... 49 and 0. And if you've ever seen a highlight of Floyd Mayweather, the dude can't be touched. 
Remember Neo? Remember the Matrix? That's Floyd Mayweather. He can't be touched. Connor has never been in a boxing match in his life. So why, oh why, does anybody think Connor can beat Floyd Mayweather? I'll tell you why. And it's not, don't ask me, do I believe Connor can beat Floyd? That's not the right question. Do not ask me if I believe that Connor is going to beat Floyd. Not the right question. The right question is do I believe that Connor believes that he can beat Floyd Mayweather? And therein lies my answer. I believe in Connor's belief that he believes he can beat Floyd Mayweather. I'll say it one more time. I believe in Connor's belief that he believes he can beat Floyd Mayweather. I imagine most of us have that one hippie friend, you know, that's into crystals. Bangs on religion, but it's into crystals. Oh, healing crystals. That's the same type of friend that usually has like a vision board. Have you seen those? Just go on YouTube, type in vision board. This is like something you think you would teach like a five-year-old to do. And I'm not saying that in principle, it's not a bad idea. But what a vision board is, is people will take a cork board and post things on there that they want in life. A house, a car, money, a girlfriend perhaps. And if you've ever seen the documentary The Secret or read the book about The Secret, that is what so much this is about. Is that if we think it, it will just come. Just, just put on your vision board money. And it will come. Like a goddamn fortune cookie from Panda Express. That, that's what this is like. Believing your fortune cookie that you get at Panda Express. Not even a good Chinese place. Panda Express. If there was any fortune cookie you weren't going to believe, it'd be Panda Express's. And this week, it was posted that Connor has a mural now painted in which he is punching Floyd Mayweather in the fucking face. He is that guy that it actually works for. I truly believe his self-belief is so great that it might be enough to get him through. You heard it after he beat Eddie uh, Alvarez to get the second belt. He said, I dreamed this into reality. He kept asking, where the fuck's my second belt? God, my accents are bad. (laughs) But he kept saying, where the fuck's my second belt? Because in his mind, he had already accomplished that. In his mind, the way that story was going to go was with him holding both belts in the fucking air. And then he finally got the moment. And then he finally took the mic. And he had that great, one of the great sound bites of all time of where he'd like to apologize to absolutely, absolutely fucking nobody. The double champ does what the fuck he wants. He's called out with pretty good accuracy, how he's going to win fights. He has said for prior ever to being in the UFC, how he's one day be in the UFC, how one day he would become champion, how one day he'd be the highest paid athlete. So far, all those things have come to fruition. So do not ask me, do I believe that Conor can beat Floyd? 
That's not the right question. And the right answer is that I believe in his belief that he believes that he can and he will win. A lot of people you hear talk about destiny. Connor believes this is his destiny. And holy shit, is it more fun if it is? It's so much more fun if he wins. Like, remember that scene in Scarface with the blimp going by? It says the world is yours. That is what Connor would live every day for the rest of his life. Kid's 28 years old. It'd be so much more fun if he does. And then if we get Connor McGregor and Nate Diaz 3 on New Year's Eve, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. That's what I hope for. But I might have made a wager this week. I might have made a wager with my skin on the Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather fight this week. I've done this before. I've done this a couple of times where I have bet tattoos. Once was on NBA 2K game on PlayStation. That happened. Where the other dude was going to have to get the winning guy's name tattooed on his body. Over PlayStation. Not very smart. Unless you're the fucking winner. Which I won. And Steve, you know who you are. Reneged. We, we agreed on a buyout. So I think I ended up getting 500 bucks out of it and he didn't get tattooed. But that was the first time. Go Grace and go. The second time was last NBA Finals. Not this one that just happened, but the one prior. The bet was I would win $1,000 or I would have to get the crying LeBron (laughs) face tattooed somewhere on my body. Not very big, maybe like baseball size, but that was the bet. For those of you that don't know, Two years ago, the Cavaliers were down three games to one in the NBA Finals. And they came all the way back, pretty much on a last-second shot. And my body is now, does not have a LeBron James crying face meme tattoo on me. So, so far, Grayson's two for two on tattoo bets. So... I have a friend named Taylor, business partner and friend, Taylor Rose. He claims he's rooting for Conor McGregor, but everything he says sounds like he's coming up all Floyd. We were going to make a money bet, but he's got more money than me, so (laughs) that's kind of tough to do, and I want to make it worth their while. So we made a tattoo bet. I'm taking Conor McGregor. He's taking Floyd Mayweather. And the loser has to get the winning portrait of that fighter tattooed on their body. Yep. The loser has to get the winning fighter's portrait tattooed on their body. So if Connor loses, like he should, how I didn't get odds in this is beyond me yet. I'm an idiot. Clearly. So if Connor loses, I have to get Floyd Mayweather tattooed somewhere on my body. If Connor wins, then Taylor 
has to get a Conor McGregor tattoo somewhere on his body. He's got this wild hair up his ass in the last week where he's pretty much gotten a half sleeve and almost done with a full sleeve, so he's big in these tattoos right now. So I'm just hoping to add a little Conor tattoo. See, like, what accent was that? But I hope he has to get a Conor tattoo somewhere added to that sleeve. So when you guys are all sitting back, smoking a bowl, having a beer, enjoying the fight, know that my skin is literally on the line with this fight. Come on, Conor McGregor. The fucked up part that I didn't even think about until this very moment is that I have bet on Conor two separate times. What am I in those fights? Oh, for two. Oh, for two. We were in Vegas for the first Conor versus Nate Diaz fight. Didn't go to it. We do a family reunion in Vegas every year. This last year it was Nashville, but I mean, cousin flies in, brother flies in. There's like 20 of us. We all go to Vegas. And it was supposed to be Connor versus RDA during that weekend, but he bitched out or got hurt. So they did the Nate Diaz fight. It was also the night of the Misha Tate and Holly Holm fight. So we did a parlay all grouped together. I can't remember what we had on. It was like, I think a thousand bucks or so. And I had Misha Tate and Connor McGregor in a parlay. Parlay is that all bets on that bet that you've picked have to win for it to win. For those of you that don't know, in the final seconds, literally, of the fifth round, the UFC is or MMA is only uh, five five-minute rounds for championship fights. And since Misha Tate versus Holly Holm was in a championship fight, it was like with 20 seconds to go, Misha Tate ends up getting Holly Holm's back in a rear naked choke, chokes her out, she wins. We go fucking crazy. We've won half the bet. Well... The very next fight, Connor then gets choked out. <laughs> so we lose the bet. Fast forward to Nate Diaz versus Connor 2. I thought, well, they're taking the fight at 170 again. Connor looked like shit in the first one. So I'm going to ride Nate Diaz on this one. That was a four fight parlay I had. All of them hit except Nate Diaz because then Connor McGregor <laughs> won in a decision. Highly contested decision. If you ask a lot of people, Nate Diaz might have won that fight. So maybe I should be scared for this bet. I forgot that I lost twice on Connor. Fuck. So I think the fight's August 26th. So just remember when you're watching that, either I or Taylor Rose will be getting tattoo of another man's portrait that we don't know that hasn't died somewhere on our bodies. Mom, Dad, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll, 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 I think the only way I'm going to get out of it if I lose is like I'm going to try and get like a funny Floyd t- somewhere with like script that just says I lost a bet so everyone knows. You don't want anybody thinking like you're serious with a Floyd Mayweather tattoo. Like you like get like Kobe Bryant tattoos or like their number tattooed on them. You're a loser. So I don't want people thinking I'm like serious with the Floyd Mayweather tattoo. So I'm going to have to find like a way to get around it if I do in fact lose. Like I'm not Jersey guy. You guys all know Jersey guy. The guy that like wears like an NFL jersey on Sunday. Oh, good Chargers. Wear my own jersey. If you're over the age of 12, don't. Don't. Like what compels you to wear the shirt of another man with his last name on your back. 
under the age of 12, go for it. If you're in a special ed class or rode the short bus your whole life, go for it. But if you're in your 20s, if you're in your 30s, and you're still wearing the uniforms of your favorite team, especially out in public, you're a loser. Don't do that. Ladies, if your man is still a jersey guy, don't allow that. Girls are allowed to wear jerseys. Oh, it's cute. We'll allow that. But ladies, if your fellow's jersey guy, buy him a t-shirt. Tell him to take that off. It's okay to wear... That's where I draw the line. Let's say you're, you're a Charger fan. You want to wear a Charger shirt with a little bolt? Go for it. I'd almost tolerate if you got like your own shirt made like with your last name on it, like with your own last name. Maybe. Gray area at best. But do not ever wear the jersey of another grown man. You're going to wear the last name of another grown man on your back? Fuck that. The only other way you can get away with it is like if you're wearing like a Monstars jersey. Remember from Space Jam? Like if you're wearing like Jordan's jersey and it's like the Monstars and like a throwback. Sure. I, I, I can see that, okay? The only thing that's worse than like the football jersey is the basketball jersey guy. Because if you go to NBA games, it's not the same environment of a baseball game. It's not the same environment of like a football game. There are people drinking, but like people kind of like get dressed up to go to an NBA game. Um, I don't know if it's because it's like more intimate or that if it's well lit, so you just feel like you're more noticeable. But I mean, to all you people that have gone to NBA games, how many times have you had like a drunk asshole next to you that has to get kicked out? Doesn't happen that often. It's certainly not as much like it does in MLB or the NFL, for God's sakes. So if you're the dude that's wearing a basketball jersey to an NBA game, shirt or no shirt underneath, it doesn't even matter. I guess it's worse like if your armpits are just hanging out, but like, grow up. Don't do that. Wear a shirt. Wear just like a colored shirt of the team. That's even better. How about a V-neck like this? Oh, by the way, I'm recording video again. And in the beginning, forgot to hit record. Didn't realize until halfway through the John, uh, the Justin Wren talk that I hit record again. So that's over two now. Oh, for two. But if you're watching the video, I have V-neck on. Ladies, buy, buy your dudes one of those. Don't let him be Jersey guy. Like, do you still believe in Santa? Do you have posters on your wall? Remember those fat head stickers? Remember like when dudes would have like those giant fat head stickers that would make the size of a wall? Don't do that. If you're watching this on video, you can clearly see like what's behind me too. And it's it's so hypocritical because I definitely have a punch out poster from Mike Tyson signed. I have this piece by Travis Barker signed. But that's different. That's different. That's not the same. Fuck, maybe it's the same. I don't know, but don't be Jersey guy. <laughs> I could be a hypocrite if I want to. The other thing that had happened since the last episode of the podcast is Prodigy from Mob Deep had died. You guys might not think you know who Mob Deep is. Some of you definitely do. If, if you don't, if you ever saw Eight Mile, they definitely had their beats in there and a couple of their tracks. And if you heard it, you would know, at least know that. But if you don't, go on YouTube, go to Shazam or Spotify. 
and listen to Mob Deep. It was a shit. But one of the things that happened is then you start seeing everybody post about it. R.I.P. My favorite song. Gone too soon. All of a sudden, everybody was a giant Mob Deep fan. I barely know three of their tracks. I'm sure it's sacrilegious to some of you, but I'm just being honest. I barely know three of their tracks. But all of a sudden, everybody was a huge Mob Deep fan. I bet a lot of people thought Mob Deep was a guy. How much you want to bet that? It's kind of like Atmosphere. How many people think that Atmosphere is just a dude and not the whole group? I had this kid that worked for me, and he definitely thought Slug was Atmosphere. It was hilarious. But you saw the same thing like with the Allman Brothers. Greg Allman died. And everybody starts posting up these videos again. Oh, oh my brother's favorite band. R.I.P. Gone too soon, Greg Allman. But like, did you ever see them ever post about any of these people like prior? You see the same thing like with any of these stars. All of a sudden, everybody's like, oh my God, I'm such a huge fan. Look at me. We talked about thoughts and prayers. It's very similar. The same people that talk about the thoughts and prayers are the same people that are probably posting this. Rest in paradise, look at me. I've been an Almond Brothers fan since I was three. Look at me. Mob Deep was the first record I ever listened to with my brother. Look at me. What is it that made people do that? And like, if you were a legitimate Almond Brothers fan, like I'd seen you post about it before, I wouldn't be talking shit. But all of a sudden, I mean, I'll put it in perspective. Like if, let's say if Rogan ever did die, which I mean, I guess he's going to die at some point, but let's say he died. And I was one of those guys that made a post about him or had a quote or something. At least it's something you'd seen from me before. At least you've seen me post memes of it. You've seen me post videos of it. I mean, it's pretty evident that I enjoy listening to the Joe Rogan experience. So then if he did die and I was all of a sudden (laughs) overcome with emotion and just had to post one of those posts I was just talking shit on, at least you know my track record. At least my timeline would speak for itself. But so many times you see it and you're like, you didn't know who the fuck they were before today. There's the same reason why whenever this happens, you'll see like a spike on Spotify or a spike on YouTube. Sure, some of the people, I guess, are going to listen to music to be nostalgic. But the rest are trying to figure out who the fuck they are. And you just know there's some people that have never heard of them before. Or like, you know how everybody that kind of like thinks like they're into Wu-Tang. It's cool to like post things on Wednesday. Ooh, Wu Wednesday. But how many of those people like truly listen to Wu-Tang? It's like I was at H&M the other day and they had a Slayer shirt there and a Metallica. Like, what? It's just become fashionable now. And sometimes saying you're into these different bands, it's like just to be fashionable. Oh, I have to like Wu-Tang. Everybody else likes Wu-Tang. Wu Wednesday. Okay, Tamara. I'm sure you really listen to Wu-Tang all the time. Tamara's not real. I just made her up. But it happens all the time. And lastly, so I'm excited for episode five coming up. Not going to have a guest yet for that. I think it'll probably be six and seven. We'll be in success. Wow. It'll just be, um, I think it's going to be six and seven. So we'll we'll have Matt on and then we'll have Justin Wren. And then we'll go back to the solo. 
But episode five is going to be after I go to Texas. Me and the family, minus my brother, were going um, to Texas for 4th of July weekend. So you can already imagine the stories that are going to come out of that. My dad's side of the family, we need fucking name tags for it. Everybody's a second or third cousin. All my cousins have kids and their kids have kids and cousins that are like my age or grandparents now. It's necks are red on that side of the family. So I'm going to get to talk about that. <laughs> We're also going to be going to a place called the Stockyards. Um, the Stockyards are down in the city. Uh, I think it's Fort Worth or Dallas, Fort Worth. It, it, it's kind of like Myriad of Temecula, where it's just like one big city now. I think that's what Dallas, Fort Worth is like. But we're going to be going to the stockyards, like where they have like live rodeos inside of these bars. They have those big ass Texas Longhorns, like with the huge Longhorns, I guess. Um, and we're going to be chilling on the lake, hopefully catching some fish, watching a thunderstorm or two. And one of my favorite things to do is whenever we're out there, is the closest like place to get any supplies is fucking Walmart. And the Walmart in Texas would be like if the city of Hemet had a zoo. Like I wouldn't say it's like the San Diego Zoo because it's nice. The animals are treated well. It'd be like if the city of Hemet had a zoo. I mean, I guess they do because they had the Scientology church there. It still is there. It still is there. But that's like what the Walmart is um, in Texas. It's like that scene um, in Parks and Rec. I can't remember what Ron Swanson says, but it's like, that's the same reason why he goes to a Trader Joe's or whatever it is to look at the hippies because it's cheaper than going to the zoo. It's very, very similar. And my family's a bunch of shit talking, sarcastic people that likes to people watch. So, I'm sure I'm going to have a ton of stories about my chaotic family. Look, everybody in my immediate family and like three cousins, I enjoy. Normal human beings. Some might be kind of like creationisty, but hey, they're nice people. But the others, I'm sure some of them actually work at the Walmart. I know one of them. Now it's hit me. I know one of them was a Walmart greeter at one point. You're probably saying, Grayson, why are you saying this if you're about to go see your family? I don't think any of them have smartphones. I think most of them are probably still on like a flip phone or just using the house phone. I can't imagine any of them follow me on social media anymore or even could download a podcast or own an iPhone or anything. So I'm not too concerned with this ever getting back to them. The ones that hear it, hey, kudos. You're smarter than I thought. I gave you more credit than I probably... um, I should have given you more credit, I guess I should say. So um, today's Tuesday. We'll be leaving out there um, Thursday afternoon, flying out with like my sister, um, her quads, her husband, my mom and dad, and then um, it'll be like four days of just playing cornhole, drinking beer, and hopefully going to be able to bring back some interesting stories from family time in Lake Granbury with the Gregories. So that's what's been going on, guys. Um, I fucked up the video again, second time in a row. Proud of myself. Way to go, Grayson. Uh, so I will post some of the clips from this. It is recording, right? Okay, yeah, it's still recording. So fuck that up two times in a row. Um, I'm really excited to be bringing on Matt from the Flodex in July. And then also Justin Wren. Um, I'll be 
posting links to Justin Wren too, so you can kind of get a gauge of who he is, what his story is. And I just think it'll make it that much better when he does come on um, on July 17th. So that's it. That is episode four of the Prove Me Wrong podcast. So to everybody that's been listening and everybody that's been telling their friends about it, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, Again, please go rate and review the podcast in iTunes. It'll really help me. It'll help move up the ratings. I want to be able to get the show um, really humming by the time Justin comes on so we can help um, get get his organization out there. So again, thank you so much. This was Prove Me Wrong. I'm Grayson Gregory. Follow me at Grayson underscore Gregory on Instagram. Like us on Facebook at Prove Me Wrong Podcast. And I'll catch you next time. Peace.